What's happening, weirdos? Hi, everybody. It's me, Pat Helms, from HBO's Crashers. Thanks for listening to You've Gone and Done It Again with (laughs) Pete and Val. Friday edition, We've Done It Again. Are you confused? Are you fucking... Are you freaking out right now? Is your mind blown? (laughs) Look, this is an ultra-premium episode. We start with laughs. We get nice and deep. Val gets Jesus-y. It's fun. (laughs) I'm the one that got Jesus-y this time. Can it's you believe it? It's weird. Now that you do it, I see how off-putting it is. I'm just kidding. I'm you just kept, kidding. Like, apologizing for me. and I did, I, I did once. Uh, yeah, that's true. <sighs> but I... Secret resentment. No. Secret tension. Mm, trouble in no. paradise. It's the flight to Maui. Buckle up. <laughs> Our relationship is Maui. Um, no, I, I was saying I... I'm usually in the position where I feel like I need You're the one. <laughs> Jesus, or like <laughs> Muhammad, or like whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. Whoever you want. Or if you were, because a lot of us were traumatized and fucking had it with that noise. But there's some good stuff for, for all. And I'm really proud of this episode. It's number... number 54. 54. I can't it's believe it. It's older than some of your dad's. Well, it's not a, an if episode a year. <laughs> if the week's three years. <laughs> um, and if you want to support the show, uh, try a Pete's Pick. Uh, like Everlane. <laughs> you ever want to go on an adventure? Well, that doesn't need to mean a, a trip abroad or getting lost in the wilderness. What did you have? Nope. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Share... <laughs> Anytime, Belle. It's it's okay. Uh, some what I'm saying is an adventure can be staying at home, reading a book, discovering a new movie, whatever you're doing. If you're exploring the new world, uh, a new world in the pages of a book, or trying out a new patio brunch spot, Everlane has premium essentials to outfit you in comfort. These are incredibly versatile and wonderful basics and well-made, well-constructed clothing that I absolutely love. You can dress them up. You can dress them down. Everlane is a wonderful and ethical and transparent online clothing company that I absolutely, absolutely love. I have their sweats because I'm a sweats guy when I'm at home and I have I've talked a lot about it. Their denim jackets are the best denim jackets I've ever had in my life. I got one in blue and I got one in black because they fit so incredibly well and if I'm being honest, they look cool. They just have enough accenting to look cool but not too much accenting that you look not cool. It's the coolest you've ever looked, I think. I was in a green room and somebody didn't recognize me and they said, I thought you were the uh, bass player for a band. So. <gasps> wow. <laughs> Everlane has made quality clothing with ethical factories and radically transparent pricing since 2010. They do extensive research and vetting to use ethical, like I said, factories that provide fair wages and reasonable hours to the skilled people who craft their clothing. Timeless design and the finest sustainable materials so you can wear them for years to come. Most retailers hide their markups, but Everlane believes Believes their customers have the right to know how much their clothes cost to make. In fact, they share exactly how much their products cost at each stage of production. Everlane has everything you need to upgrade your summer look. They have wonderful essentials from damn good denim, as I mentioned, to super soft loungewear. And Everlane partners with the best and most ethical factories in the world so you can feel good about this fit. They accept returns within 30 days of the ship date, and all uniform clothing comes with a 365-day guarantee. So go to everlane.com slash weird. Do you want to sing it? 
Eerily. I was about to sing weird. Hilarious. And sign up for 10% <laughs> off your first order, plus get free shipping and easy returns within 30 days of the ship date. That's 10% off your first order when you go to everlane.com slash weird <laughs> and sign up and show your support of this show. Uh, our other, this one came up organically because we love it so much. Although I guess I've been sitting on my Everlane jacket this entire episode, so that's a way that it organically was part of the show. Mm-hmm. Or uh, the, is the Apollo Neuro. This device is a wearable piece of technology that I wear around my wrist. You can also wear it around your ankle. Val wears hers around her wrist. It is a wearable tech that helps your body recover from stress. Apollo can help you relax, can help you sleep, focus, and be more productive. It's basically like a wearable hug for the nervous system using touch therapy. Basically, it sends these subtle little vibrations into your wrist that help you feel safe and in control. I know that might sound a little too good to be true, but both Val and I, the only reason we take our Apollos off is to charge them. It's been a real life-changing thing for me and helping me uh, recoup from the stress of everyday life. Worn on the wrist or ankle, Apollo Neuro delivers gentle, soothing vibrations that train your nervous system to recover and rebalance after stress. So obviously we've been dropping Leela off at school. That is very stressful. So when I go in, I want to be calm for her. I have it on meditation and mindfulness, which I also use to meditate and has made my meditation practice so much more deep, deeper than it's been in years. Uh, But I also put it on when I just want a moment of zen, like when I'm going into a stressful situation. Uh, So whether it's before a show or in this case, dropping Leela off at school. And then when I leave, I go into my phone and immediately put my neuro on rebuild and recover, Mm -hmm. which is what your body needs. It's like like how music can get your heart beating in a certain way. These vibrations can get your nervous system responding in a certain way that helps you rebuild and recover from stress. I use it after I work out or a stressful situation. When I'm writing or doing stand-up, I put it on clear and focused. There's also social and open. There's also energy and wake up, which is as good, I swear, as a shot of espresso. It sends these really intense vibrations into your system. You can modify those so they're not too intense, but it wakes you up. And at night, there's relax and unwind. So it can do the opposite and help your system slow down. You can kind of see what it's doing. It's starting a pattern that's like a certain rhythm, and then it's slowing that pattern down so your body can uh, relax and unwind. And then when I get in bed, I put it on sleep and renew. And I've been sleeping so much better since it showed up. Apollo Neuro actually trains your nervous system to cope with stress better over time. The more you use it, the better it works. It was developed by a neuroscientist and a board-certified psychiatrist uh, who we had on this past Wednesday, Dr. Rabin, who has been studying the impact of chronic stress in humans for nearly 15 years. Their effects on stress, sleep, cognitive performance, and recovery have been proven in multiple clinical trials and real-world studies. So this isn't woo-woo stuff. This is science, and I love it. So you can get 10% off and show your support of the show by going to Apollo Nero, that's A-P-O-L-L-O-N-E-U-R-O.com slash weird, W-E-I-R-E. Hilarious. But I've tried to go to, because I bought so many for friends, every time I go to ApolloNeuro.com, I mess it up. A-P-O-L-L-O-N-E-U-R-O.com slash weird. And show your support of this show. All right, guys. Say it, mama. Get into it. Hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Smile like a dog. Brody, you smile like a dog. Oh my god, you smile like a dog. Oh my god, you smile like a dog. 
Oh my God, you smell like a dog. Oh my God, you smell like a motherfucking dog. Like a motherfucking motherfucking dog. If you think I'm not recording, you are banana beans busted. Welcome to Banana Beans Busted, the only podcast where both bananas and beans are busted. I'm Bailey Buster, and with me as always is Patricia Buster, my wife in the Friday episode guest. <laughs> Patricia. Patricia, nice to meet oh, you. <laughs> so oh nice to meet you. Oh my God, you, Brody smells like a dog. I can hear the construction that we came in the house to avoid, but you know what? Maybe it'll just be a shorter episode. Can you, can you guys hear it? Call in. (laughs) Call in. 1-900. This is a podcast and not (laughs) a radio show. You will be calling five days after we asked you to call. Oh my God, you smell like like a dog. dog. Oh my God, you smell like a dog. Oh my God, you smell like a motherfucking dog. Oh my God, you smell like a dog. My God, you smell like a dog. I mean, if you went to Handel's Messiah... Of course, they wouldn't be saying, oh, my God, you smell like a dog. But if if there was a song where it was like, son of man and son of God, son of man and son of God, son of man has no place to rest his fucking head. They still say fucking. He has no place to rest his motherfucking head. Yeah, it's so fast and it's in a round. Like Dan Band So, like, other people are singing. Is that? Yeah. Dan Band? No, I was doing the reaction. I was doing an act out. Oh. <laughs> you thought I was saying to you, is that? Is but that I was being, okay to say? <laughs> I was being a person. You know, um, Dan Band. Yeah. I fucking need you more than ever. I one time went, I won't say who. Ah, uh, nuts. Your tea bag broke. I, I tried to. That's like, you know what we call that? We call that a towel, uh, a wet towel mistap in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> no I'm one. Sorry, calls it you that. call it a, huh? a, a wet towel mishap oh. <laughs> in the locker room. Okay. There's always a folklore. I don't know what girls are talking about. Is there a girl version? Because boys are like, if you crack your nuts with a wet towel, they will rip open like a fig. Crack your nuts? Yeah, you know you're you ch- you're acting a fool. You're uh-huh. rapscallions. You're okay. tomfools, and you got that wet towel. And those things, first of all... Oh, you're twisting yeah, and you're yeah, yeah. snapping like a, and you're cracking and other, you, if, other people's nuts. Well, I don't think you ever aim for the nuts oh. unless you're a straight Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm. But if you hit the nuts, the rumor was that you're about to meet those nuts, which I've always pictured as kind of like white brains. You, what do you mean you're going to meet those nuts? You're going to meet them. I've like entered into a whole boy code right now. You're going to meet your nuts. I mean, your nuts are always playing coy. They're like, I'll be in here. And you never meet them. They're in a sack. What do you mean they're going to You go bring them so home from market, but you never take, you never unbag the groceries. From market? You bring, you go to market and you buy two, two nuts. And then you bring them home and everyone's like, did you get the nuts? And you're like, yes, I did. Well, unbag them. I never will. (laughs) Unless there's a locker room mishap with a wet towel. And then I will finally take those nuts that I got from market. From market, but now they're tied to body. Mm. Oh, tied to body. Is Is there a girl? Well, I still have so many questions. Um, Oh my God, you smell (laughs) like a dog. Motherfucking dog. 
Um, one. Is like the term meet your nuts. No, that's not a thing. <laughs> no one was like, if you keep that up, you're going to meet your nuts. Because what I'm imagining, and, and t- please tell me if this is what you were imagining when you invented this amazing phrase. Meet your nuts. Um, <laughs> I say it like it's been a thing for years. After you Meet just nuts. said it's It hasn't been a thing. thing. It's, it's a thing for minutes. Happy one minute birthday <laughs> to meet your nuts. Happy one minute birthday <laughs> to meet your nuts. Meet your nuts has never been said. This is what they were going after in, in Garden State when they're like, do something you that's say, never been done. Yeah. And of Natalie Portman in her weird soft helmet. What's that helmet saving her from? Nothing. Nothing. She, she has epaulets. No, I know, but let's get a real hard one on there. Oh. It looked like an Eddie movies. Bauer helmet. <laughs> I love that your issue with that movie was that your is my issue. Was too soft. Let's call it zebra. Why so soft? Why so soft? But um, uh, she should have said, "I'm going to meet those nuts." Yeah, meet that your would nuts. have been fantastic. Okay, so what are your questions? I'm ready. Do you, when you say meet your nuts, are you envisioning that like the nuts are so wounded that they're going back up into your body, Ooh. so so far that it's see up you're to your so brain. you're so embodied that you're like clearly the nuts upon being struck with a wet white cheap towel. <laughs> You know it's cheap. You know it's white. Mm-hmm. And you know it's wet. And it is twisted like a stalactite. And then some fucking douche cracks your nards. They don't go up. They, they spill out like a party popper. They do? I don't know. <laughs> but why would they go up? I That's like when you up. find out sap in a tree goes up. That's one of nature's little winks. <laughs> Okay. Sap goes up in a tree, and that's like a wink. That's like a little, why is this the case? (laughs) Figure this one out, huh? It's a little clue to go like, oh, yeah, the universe makes sense. Sap goes up, my fucking nuts. Um, But, okay, so you Mm. think that they spill out. I thought that the thing was like, like boys are always like, like my nuts went inside my body. Yeah, a swift kick might, but I'm talking about a, a, a sharp How crack. How is that different? A sharp crack. I'm saying if you hit a window with a rolled up wet, cheap towel with enough flick of the wrist, it'll crack the window. Yeah. So it's almost like your nuts in this uh, instance. This is like explaining it to a doctor. <laughs> it's almost as if my nuts in this instance are like a vase and the contents of the vase have, have, have spilleth. Please, say testicles. (laughs) Did you know that was a bit of mine? That sounds familiar. When I had a psychosomatic pain in my nards, because not dealing with your pain, not dealing with emotional pain is like a seriously no joke. Mm -hmm. So my my ex-wife had left me, although to be fair, my wife had left me. If she was my ex-wife, I would have seen it coming. I'm like, I got to go have dinner with my ex-wife. Why do you call her that? I don't know. She says it. She says, call me your ex-wife and winks. I did not know I was getting this version of you for the podcast. Well, let's cover what's happened today. We dropped Lee off at school. was yeah. a success. She cried a little, but it was okay. Mm-hmm. Then I got to uh, rip ass on the tread, on <laughs> Freddie Tread. Uh, and then I got to sauna, mm-hmm. and all I've been doing is reading Richie and watching Richie videos, so I feel, like, spiritually fulfilled. Then I did a cold shower and the Wim Hof method, which we haven't even talked about on this podcast. I know. But it turns out, like, getting oxygen to your noodle and into your body is 
how you meet your nuts? I don't know how to say this. I think it's how you meet your nuts. No, I don't, uh, I don't do like long prolonged. I don't know if you can tell by a quick look at my soft body, but I don't do like endurance, like ice baths. Mm-hmm. But I do find the free YouTube guided three round Wim Hof uh, breathing sessions to be uh, ecstasy inducing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's the pants you're getting. People who do it, it's kind of like everyone who does it loves it. So there must be something to it. And this, I, why don't I do it? Well, this, oh, that, Jerry, I became Kramer for a second. I just, I couldn't be more fascinated with that question, which is why don't we do what we know we ought to do? Yeah. And why, do, like, so I know, uh, I hope people don't get bored of it, but we have this, our Apollo wristbands, which mm. vibrate and send soothing messages uh, to our nervous systems. And I'm all about it. I really, really like it. Mm-hmm. And I had a, I have a friend and he's in a tight spot. He's just sort of depressed and sad and, um, but not in the way you might be thinking. It's, it's, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't want to go into his issue, but like, um, just like a, a kind of sadness that I feel like you could just a little push might get you out of it. Yeah. Not like a, I, with full respect to like clinical sure, hardcore, sure, sure, sure. we need a lot of help here. I'm talking about somebody that seems to be just on the other side of the door. Mm-hmm. Mild, pretty manageable from what I can tell. I, I don't know. So I, I told this person to get an Apollo. I, I even offered to give him an Apollo. And um, he was like, what is it? And I did my whole Pete's Pick spiel. And then he was like, I don't want to have to plug something in. And I was like, oh, my God, you smell like a dog. <laughs> that, we know that. I do that. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to have to well, this. And it's like the easiest thing. Well, what? That is Well, the water? <laughs> is it well water? Because I could use a dirty bucket of ice cold well water from your property. <laughs> Well, what? Is it water? Because I love a sloshing cold pail of water right now strung up from your property. I'd love to drink it straight from the pail, the dirty pail. Who cleans this pail? Oh, my God. <laughs> I have to say, I you're a three, so I, I it's really important that you know that you never have to perform for me. But like, boy, I love when you are like this. Yeah, but I <laughs> I really appreciate, and I don't feel like I'm performing. It's it's like uh, yeah. the truest return to a little boy way, mm-hmm. you know. I, I like know. that. I, 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 I did loving heard. kindness for you today. Well, I did it for a bunch of people. And I was picturing specifically soft, doughy Pete, who's like been vi- like just like sweaty from a birthday party where he totally like like call like claimed the yes, space yes and was like loud and doing bits and, and delivered kind of- a great party for little Brian yeah and yeah, like like a birthday clown but he's one of the guests <laughs> yeah exactly and like the like no one hired him but- yeah, no one hired me and no one's telling me to stop so I guess this is what's happening yeah yeah, yeah. that's like it's well, one of the easiest his- versions of you for me to like access that. 
Yes, absolutely. And I hear Alan Watts going like, we all want pleasure without pain, but we don't realize that pain is the background upon which pleasure appears. And it's like... And we're like, uh, who invited you to this Oh my God. And you look like a magician, but you're not a magician. <laughs> do a trick. Do a trick, Alan. <laughs> I'll do a trick. I'll make your ego disappear. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, thank you for doing... Why don't you tell the people what loving kindness is? Because that's such a lovely practice. Mm, it's meta <laughs> it's a little meta it's a little meta world piece it's a little meta See, world piece meta world piece formerly cat stevens formerly what should we name him uh, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> formerly this baby what should we name him? Formerly, I'm pregnant. Oh, we gotta get married. Formerly, I'm pre- like, I'm pregnant. It's a muffled, I'm pregnant. What should we name this? What should we name your baby? The baby. <laughs> uh, then Cat Stevens. Mm-hmm. Then Meta World Peace. I always thought he was saying like world peace, but kind of like in a meta way. But he means it in the, I believe, oh, the Buddhist. Is it with way. two T's? Ooh, I'll give it a goog. Also, I think the other type of meta is with one. It T. is with two T's. Is the other type of meta with one T? What's the other? Oh, meta. Yeah, meta commentary, meta cooler, <laughs> <laughs> meta commentary, meta meaning. No, I think that's like a meta joke. Yeah, yeah, meta joke. Okay. All right, meta joke. Never examples. met a joke I didn't like. Um, I, met, I never met a meta joke that I didn't quite understand. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, hit um, Oh yeah, so loving kindness is a practice in, it's from Buddhism, but it's, you know, accessible to all, uh, where you choose different, you, I'm like, it's so big, I just want to like give the log line for it. It's a heart opening contemplative practice where you choose phrases that are basically different versions of may you be happy, may you be safe, may you be um, free from harm, may you be filled with love, may you be truly happy, like just different. Sort of the things that everybody wants. Yeah. Instead of being like, may Valerie get to the store without hitting too much traffic. Yeah. Which is sort of the prayers that I would do as a youth. Yeah. And even that, <laughs> I, I would argue that's, Okay. Too, oh, I don't think I didn't the, mean to put it down, but I just mean like if I'm going to shoot out some real generic like water. Yeah. Like well water. Yeah. But like for everyone, the, then you can say even someone you don't know may they be happy. Yes, absolutely. And the it really doesn't matter what the phrases are. The idea is that you are cultivating compassion in your heart. So you're it's a it's really about you. It's about you, and it's about. You, yeah, you're spending time thinking of someone and wishing them well and using these phrases that are like basic human needs to as a reminder that everyone that we're has all connected. Them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're all the same. It's like that reminder that we use all the time, which is everyone's carrying an unseen burden. Mm-hmm. And when I was with Richie, I remember. I, f- I forget what it was. I must. I might have seen somebody that was annoying. He's certainly not really operating from that plane of going like, "There's an annoying person," but I might have been like, "That person's annoying." And he he said once, and this is Christian language, so you'll have to forgive it, but please look past it because it's not just like he's not of the heaven hell 
Christianity. Mm-hmm. He, he's it's much more abundant, and everybody's good and loved and true good news Christianity. And I maybe mentioned somebody who was annoying, and he was like, "Once you realize God saves everybody, like you lighten up on that whole mm-hmm. trip." The performance principle, like, are they scoring enough to win God's favor yeah. or love or the universe's mm-hmm. love or? the right to be here or the right to be happy and fulfilled? Are they doing, do they look good enough? Do they smell good enough? Are they together enough? Then that's a winner. I actually heard Richie say today, he goes, um, Christianity is a method to learn how to lose graciously. Mm. And I I just love how much we've missed it. Like, I know it's one of my talking points, but he's like, what else could the, look at the symbol of the faith is a, is a man being murdered, but not paying it forward with more suffering, more pain, more power, more control. And it's, and it's much more subtle than just being the victim or playing the victim. It's incorporating, I can't even explain it as well as he can, but he he said this really beautiful thing. Sorry, I'm on a tangent here, but he was like, so many revolutions when the revolutionaries take over and assume power end up doing what the people they revolted against were doing. Wow. So like, that's not every revolution for sure, but like a lot of times that's just what human nature is. Let's get, we're being oppressed. Let's fucking get these guys. They do get them. Uh And then over time, they slowly start doing what everyone does with the ring of power, which is propagate themselves, make themselves look good, make themselves comfortable, make themselves fancy, whatever you want to do, help their friends use power. That's what power is. Mm -hmm. And ultimately someone's neglected. And then another revolution like this is, and, and the Christ mystery, the Christ, uh, revelation, the new thing in the Jesus story is he, and I know I've said this a million But in the story, he comes back after having been murdered, and it was a total blowing open of the doors of history that the ghost of Jesus in the story doesn't say, go get them, boys. That's what we would have made the movie today. Are you fucking kidding me? They killed the healer from Nazareth? They killed the guy that healed blind people and loved women and told everyone the kingdom was inside? They murdered him? And not only that, they stripped him naked and ashamed him. And then he came back and he found his group, his 12 dudes and some women. He could have said like, all right, at night, I think this is where Pontius Pilate sleeps and this is where they are. Let's, let's fucking get them. In fact, let's use some of my God magic to murder them. He doesn't. Yeah. That's the whole, that's the whole new way of looking at that. That's blessed or the poor in spirit. I love it. I actually have been into Jesus today because... I know, isn't that... I don't know. What fun, I mean. What fun. I'm always going around blabbing and boring about JC, <laughs> or as you and I call him, our original God, and <laughs> I'm God old enough... childhood. And I'm old enough that I've been driving on the road so long, I've actually done a lap. Mm-hmm. You've been driving for so long that you started to see some familiar trees and you're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I took all those left turns and here I am. I took four lefts. A left at Ram Dass, a left at Eckhart Tolle, a left at Byron Katie, a left at Alan Watson. I'm seeing JC on the left again. (laughs) Yeah. And maybe I'll just pull over. Yeah. Can we just pull the fuck over? Yeah. It's over. It's over. The whole destination spirituality is fucking done. Any spirituality that's not telling you you're not already there is a waste of time. That's exactly And fucking it. bogus and stupid and probably a power trip for somebody. Yeah. For someone. Yeah. Someone's making a sweet fat dollar. 
yes. or some power trip off of saying, it's the Zen thing. Do you want what's in my hand? And after seven years of training, I show you there's nothing in my hand mm. because you're it. You're yeah. it. Yeah. The whole thing's playing hide and seek with itself. Yeah. And you can, you can find yourself. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that there is, so the way I've found my way to Jesus again is through kind of through Mirabai Starr's book, Wild Mercy, and and her, not argument, that seems aggressive, but her convincing Can't the liberals be aggressive? Her <laughs> argument, her badass flamethrower <laughs> argument. Well, it's just that that book is so, like, non-masculine no, energy I know, I that know. it's really... But, yes, her argument uh, for a devotional practice and for mm. loving form as a way to merge with the formless. I've been having that lately. I was in my the sauna and I literally I don't it's again it's because Leela's gone to school and boy I learned so many spiritual beautiful truths from being with Leela mm. and they're not super woo woo and they're not easy to share but they mm. are profound and life-changing. And then when, now that I can get a little bit more theory I've been having myself I've been having moments by myself where like you can touch a table and realize that anything is the the hiding place if you want to make it dramatic mm-hmm. of spirit mm-hmm. that matter reveals spirit mm-hmm. everything is imbued with spirit yeah. and this is the the point and by the way if you want to take the spiritual language out of that everything is imbued with the one life yeah that when we go further and further down more 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 down 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 it's basically what string theory is which is just a theory is that there's strings just vibrating when you get that's a very 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 grotesque oversimplification mm-hmm. but like it's the idea that there's one basic building block of all things the mystics anthropomorphize that and love that and by loving it it becomes a thing that we call god yeah the blank it we put over the mystery to give it shape mm-hmm. but when you're in the sauna and you're really feeling that like your cup your cup mm-hmm. and when i touched you and i said i'm hugging god right now mm. that seemed like such a hoity blasphemous trip now but leela uh, valerie mm-hmm. what else could you be right right really yeah. what else could you be if you are physical if you are matter mm-hmm. if you are conscious but even if you're not conscious mm-hmm. what else could it be it's, it's really kind of an interesting yeah I shift mean, well I'm glad that you said all of that because it was beautiful and because I so I I did my I went on my morning hike which really is just like I fe- it feels like I climb up this hill to go and meet God like mm-hmm. it happens every time yeah. where I just feel so held and connected and just like Swimming in love and beauty, and I know the part you're talking about where there's the big hillside garden, right? Uh, no, I don't know. There's that part of the hike where sometimes it's it's an abandoned lot. It's not a garden, and there's sometimes a lot of flowers growing in it. Oh yes, I know what yeah. part you're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's there's a lot. That's one of the places. There's a lot of little like touchstones that I have. Mm-hmm. Like almost every turn, there's like something else that I love mm-hmm. that I see. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, so I did that and it just cracked my heart open and talking about like, why don't we do the things that we know? Like, so I know the thing, the thing that I always am trying to get to, I know it, I just walk out my door and do a hike. I don't even have to drive anywhere and I still haven't done it in a really long time. Right. Um, and then, 
So my heart was nice and open. I came back. I did, I've started doing a devotional practice where I have like my puja table with my little, um, wild thing doll, Judith, that is the embodiment of my fear. There's a, a picture of... From where the wild things are. Or, yes, yeah. thank you. It's There's so a, cool. Your puja tables. I know this isn't the point, but it's really cool. I really love it. Every time I see it, I'm so proud that oh. you're that you hang out with me. I'm, I'm really just like, <laughs> oh, what? You're so sweet. First of all, it was my puja table, which got zero use. I got it for you, and then you oh, use it for a little bit. that breaks my heart. No, you used it for a little bit. I I've, did. I'm saying I got it for you, and I've taken it back. I'm glad you took it back, and it has a picture of seven-year-old Valerie on it, which mm-hmm. melts me every single time. Which is strategically placed in front of a picture of Ananda Mayama. Who's holding you, basically. Who's, yeah, like holding seven-year-old and I, Valerie. I hope you don't... That seven was an age where, where some trauma occurred. Yes. So it's not just, oh, I was so cute when I was little. It yeah. was like, this is when... Uh, and this happens to everybody, by the way. Mm-hmm. Happens to you in a specific way. But uh, it's the wound. We're all yeah. wounded. You're disillusioned. Yeah. Uh, you're kicked out of the garden. You have to leave Neverland, whatever it is. But I hope that makes you feel yeah. seen because it's around that age. That's yeah. that's when um, I believe confirmation or or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Girl, little girls are confirmed because that's there's suddenly something that usually needs to be fixed. That's in the Catholic tradition, but it's yeah. not a mistake. It's yeah. around seven. That, that you leave the and this is everyone that's listening. Everyone had that moment that was like, mm. "Fuck." Whether it's your parents are just <laughs> weird, like my dad's driving a Winnebago on six beers, whatever it is. Yeah. I, I'm making that up, Dad, if you hear that. I don't know how many beers you had. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it's it's like, oh, wow, these are just people or the world isn't isn't like a, a, a padded a Totally safe place, pen. yeah. And yeah. some people discover it way earlier, which seems so tragic because Seven already feels so young. And some people discover it later but it is I think it is usually around that time um mm-hmm. which does make me feel less alone yeah, you should and yeah so I have that and then, Judith. and then I have Judith and then I have a picture that's one of my favorite pictures of all of my girlfriends on my wedding and we're like laughing and that's what my my friend Ruthie Ruthie Lindsay you should follow her on Instagram she's like a brilliant bright beautiful embodiment of love just floating around the world reminding everybody that they are um they are divine love in edit their that core and she <laughs> let's edit that out <laughs> um and she she like took me through a practice where she had me imagine all of my light workers so it's like all of the people throughout my life who love me and wish me well mm. and, you know, living or dead or, or even just like an idea of like a, a spiritual person, you know, like a Jesus or whatever. Um, and like your light workers surrounding you. And it's so beautiful. So that picture reminds me of my light workers. And so I, my devotional practice is right now I like, I light incense and candles I put on music, which is also from Ruthie. She made a beautiful playlist called Tea, Serum, Tea Ritual. Sorry, real quick. This is the edit point? Don't so edit this, is, this, this is This is where you start why? the trim and then keep going. Okay, you're going to have to explain why you're being ornery. <laughs> why? In case Ruthie hears it? Yeah. It's an ongoing joke. If, if someone other than me plugs something, I edit it out. But exactly. it's a joke. Exactly, yeah. If somebody Ruthie else is getting Rhinestone attention. Ruthie Rhinestone has a new album. Ruthie... 
Lindsay. Ruthie Thinsey? Lindsay. I was going to say, she's using an alias. <laughs> oh my God. Ruthie Lindsay. Look at all this great airtime she's getting. Who, from everything I can tell, is a wonderful, loving, light-filled person. Mm-hmm. Has a record, and you can hear it on... She doesn't have a record. She made a playlist called Tea Ritual on okay, are Spotify. You, are, you, are you mad at me? Because <laughs> well, I, yeah. Kind of. A little mad, yeah. That's okay. I just would have loved to be past this already. I understand. Because you were being a stinker. And Katie, this is the end point. So you trim right here and we'll pick up in three, two, one. Go ahead. Oh my God. Um, So anyway, I listen to this music. I light these candles. I I like read Mary Oliver poems and different things. Um, And... And like really try to envision the light workers around me, envision myself being like held by the divine mother, envision like just the divine actively loving me. And like, I just like pray like I did as a kid. And mm. so today I was doing all of that. And like, Jesus was the the name of the game. And mm. like, and when I do, and it's not just with Jesus, but like, this is what I like about the Jesus road for me is that whenever I can connect to that feeling of like the divine is loving me, I go, Oh yeah, I know you like, this isn't a far away thing. It's the, it truly is the one that is always with me. Mm. The thing that I'm loving and longing for when I can connect to it, I am like, yeah, you were always there. I can see how you've always been there. And like... I'm just wondering, you don't mean Jesus, you mean the feeling. But which is Jesus, yeah. Yes, like the way that I get to the feeling is through Jesus. And so there's a way of feeling like Jesus has always been with me. But really it's like this feeling of connectedness and being Which which also predates anyone ever telling you about Jesus, yeah. Yeah, Um, but it is... it's just such a beautiful experience to like connect it. What was coming up for me was the, the authentic times when I was a kid where I was praying to Jesus and felt Jesus and felt loved, actively loved by Mm -hmm. the divine. And I know this might be losing some people and that's okay. This might not be your path. You might be way more into a different portal and that's cool. But just for the few of you who are interested in, devotional practice or like the heart space is a way of getting there for you. It, it just is helping like integrate seven year old Valerie, all of the ages of Valerie. I think you're helping articulate something that I feel too. It's like cinching up the knot. Yeah. Like a shoe. Yeah. And those early ones at the bottom of the shoe get cinched up in all of it. Yeah. But it's, as Richie would say, it's a transcending and an including. That's right. So it's instead of going transcending Christianity, which I know there's a lot of ex-evangelicals listening to this <laughs> podcast, and I would consider myself an ex-evangelical, but like, and there is a, the great time, and I really enjoyed it to be deconstructing and like middle finger giving and, and yeah. mooning. Yeah. And then later, almost inconveniently, but beautifully comes this like, Oh, it's all one shoelace, isn't it? Yes, exactly. It's one shoelace, and the shoelace doesn't have a name. The shoelace doesn't need a name. The shoelace is me, isn't me. The shoelace is God, isn't God. Yes, and... And then there's a... (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, 
so I've been in that whole space for a very long, for a, you know, a long time, a relatively long time of like, yes, it's all the shoelace. It's all God. I'm God. It's God, you know, and I'm finding so much value right now in being like, yeah. So now that I have that vast ocean and I understand that God is this vast ocean, like, let me scoop back a cup of just the water and like spend time with just this cup. Like, yeah, it's fun. Let me take a good look at this. And it's one of the water. It's one of those, um, McDonald's cups from the (laughs) eighties that had like the Hamburglar on it or the, maybe the seventies. Like what I mean is there's a nostalgia to the cup. Yeah. There's a nostalgia to the cup and there's a, and there's a beautiful loving feeling of being like, you were the through line. That's it. To me, what we're talking about is getting things sort of, um, you could say lubricated. Mm-hmm. We want to keep the heart wet. I know there's like sex jokes to make here. I'm just saying like, you don't want a dry heart. You don't want yeah. a brittle heart. And devotion, so what are we doing if at the end of the day everything is one? Which, by the way, all, you know, Ju- Judaism, Christianity, and Islam all agree one God, monotheistic religion. So mm-hmm. it's all one and it's all one thing. So what are we doing with all of this? I love you, Jesus stuff. Um, keeping it wet, baby. We're <laughs> yeah, keeping it we're wet. We're keeping it wet. And, and Ramdas taught on that. He would be like, why are we doing dualistic practices? Why are we singing to Hanuman or to Ram or to Krishna mm-hmm. when we know that Krishna is looking out our eyes right now? Yeah. Because baby, let's get, <laughs> let's get hippies because baby, Anything that gets the heart wet, anything that gets like, why do you light candles before you have sex with your wife? Isn't it just my dick going in a, isn't it just the the penis? Yeah, Yeah. sure. Also, fuck off. Like the dry, boring, bureaucratic, it's all just this. And I agree. This is one thing thinging itself. Yeah. Endlessly undulating, spilling over into newness in every moment. God is choosing this and this and this. Yeah. And it's all one behind the scenes. Yeah. And if I can get the cup from my childhood that gets me feeling that... I remember when Azhar, uh, Azhar Usman, who's a friend of mine, he's a Muslim, he taught me the prayer, give me, give me faith like an old lady. Oh. And I, he's a beautiful man. <gasps> and it's also like, give me faith like a child, which is very similar to yes. things Jesus said. So if I can hold that cup from my childhood, which was the first, the first God, the first magic, the yeah. first, whatever you want to call it. It was not intellectually or theologically, um, <laughs> you know, complicated yes. or defendable. Yeah. It was just me. It was the same me that believed when I was locked out of my Winnebago that if I prayed hard enough, my stuffed animal, Tigger, could unlock the Winnebago for us. Mm -hmm. And part of that negotiation was, because I was with a friend, I was like, don't worry, I won't tell him that it was you. So remember that purity? It's like, God, give me faith like that. Not about getting the Winnebago unlocked, but seeing seeing God and magic in all things. So if the cup keeps the heart wet and if looking at that old cup of water gets you closer, gets you in the ocean. Yes. Right. Okay. I think we still have that Tigger and I, with your permission, might add him to the puja table because that was so beautiful. I vividly, we were at the car show in Carlisle, New York, which I'm pretty sure 
Oh, it didn't make me nauseous. Sometimes it makes me nauseous how my parents go on the same trips. Yeah. Uh, but I'm pretty sure my dad, it, for many years in a row, and now that I'm hearing myself say this, I'm like, he likes it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'm sort of like uh, pushing against a usual feeling of judgment that I have where I'm like, ugh, they go to the same life. And um, what's funny is a lot, a large percentage of the people, including us, uh, who attend the Ramdas retreats go every, go twice a year. Yeah, and absolutely. And we love that. Like yeah, I know. It's just too. There's something point. about going to a show that is just, oh boy. I'm just being a judgmental bitch. But I mean, it's like, I'm here for I it. I know. And I don't want to be a phony holy on this podcast. I don't. It doesn't. Today, someone complimented our car today. Mm-hmm. Today. Mm-hmm. I was getting in the car and I thought they were saying hi to us and being neighborly. And instead they were complimenting the car. That's fine. But I would so much rather you were just saying hello to me. Mm-hmm. And I understand that's one of the ways that men relate to each other. Mm-hmm. But like literally building a self-worth machine, whether and it, it could be what we're doing at the Ramdas retreat too, mm-hmm. our beads and our funny t-shirts and all that stuff, mm-hmm. building this identity. So I will say we're doing we can be doing the same thing at the Ramdas retreat. Yeah. We can be doing the same thing buying a lot of arts and crafts at a flea market or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. There's just something about like tinkering with and perfecting the shiny, fast, sleek version of yourself Yeah, that the fantasy is always like, I'll drive around with the top down. And I always interpreted that to be like, so everyone sees you, yeah. which by the way, calling bullshit on myself again, I picked being a Corvette as my job. So <laughs> yeah. shut the fuck up, Pete. And also I understand that's my own cognitive dissonance. Yeah. I'm out there reaching for the brass ring on the, on the carousel. And I'm saying like, can't I just fucking relax? Mm-hmm. Can't I just own my inherent dignity? Mm-hmm. This is what Richie was talking about. The mystics. It's the old thing. Everybody's probably heard it before, but it's like you're climbing the ladder. Mm -hmm. And if I get to the top, then I'll really be somebody. I'll have the Corvette. I'll be famous. I'll be whatever. I'll be powerful. Get to the top of the ladder and you realize there's nothing up there. Or I've heard Rob say, you've got the ladder against the wrong wall. Mm -hmm. I prefer that the the mystics just don't climb the ladder because they realize that they... They're it. Mm-hmm. This is certainly a more spiritual episode. There are other episodes where we talk about the value of psychological health and, mm-hmm. and healthy relationships. And, mm-hmm. and even as we're talking, the reason I'm able to access these feelings is because I've taken the time today mm. to feed myself. Yes. And that's why I feel so sort of devilishly uh, guilty about being so happy that Lee's going to school, but man, I've been starving. Yeah. A certain part of me has been starving yes. real hard. No, today was the, like, you were starting to feel nourished the last, you know, two days that she went to school and I was just getting stuff done. And today was, so today was like kind of the first day in a while where I felt really nourished, which definitely made it easier for me to open my heart back up to Jesus. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's how you know you're really in the black is because you, you're like, let's get the Lord in here. Yes. Yeah. But if I can just swim in the spiritual pool just for a little bit longer. Please I do. I was just, I was I just saying, say. I want everyone to know that there's another altitude we could be flying at. Yes. And today we're flying at our highest altitude, which is yeah. sort of the spiritual plane. But yes. But but actually this this story kind of comes back down to to self-care and, and embodiment in that way. But 
Um, so what it was, so I, I was like doing this practice and imagining my light workers, but you, if that word rubs anybody the wrong way, you just imagine the people in your life that you have who support you. And this is a really great way of resourcing for like dealing with trauma or difficult emotions as you imagine all of the people that love and support you in the room with you, looking at you lovingly. Um, That's like what I do with gravity and the chair and the planet and the air and the the food or whatever it might be is and your heart and your lungs. That's like a lower level. And then you can branch that out and say, you support me and Leela supports me. And and I like what you said. You can even be like Abraham Lincoln, I think is on the side of me being closer to God. I didn't say that. No, I'm adding that. Oh, okay. You you said Jesus, but you could say Martin Luther King Jr. (laughs) Like, it's it's a thought Everybody experiment, is but he is probably in favor, knowing what I know about him, of you being more loving and compassionate and yeah. loved. Yeah, yes, of course. Every every being benefits. Um, so I was imagining that, and then I was remembering. So I really was like heart opening, feeling feeling you know Jesus, but also just the divine connection and love. And two memories came up from my childhood. Um, one, while I was imagining the light workers, I remembered that my mom's prayer for me every night was uh, keep angels all around to protect Valerie. Mm. And like all of a sudden I just had so much love for that prayer. Mm. Like that, I'm back to that now. I'm finding another way of imagining angels. It's just the people that I know, Aww. like all around to protect me. And I love, and the fact that it was my mom's prayer. And then I was thinking of her as a child and how her relationship with Jesus, she's always just been like, don't she's not into overcomplicating, not into overthinking it. She's like, I just love Jesus and I want to just love Jesus and I don't care really about much else. And the reason why she loves Jesus is because when she was a kid, there was so much suffering and Jesus was there for her. She felt Jesus being there for her. So she felt so if, if, again, if Jesus is not a great word for you, what happened in that moment is a, even just like on a spiritual level, a child who felt otherwise unsafe in the world had a portal to divine connection That's right. to believe that she is held and safe and loved and in my- spite of all the, the external things that were, you know, proving the contrary. Like she was being held and loved by something bigger than herself. And then that goes to the psychological component. So if you're healing a really big part of healing your, your wounds is eventually getting to a place where you feel like you are part of something larger than yourself. Mm. Not to mention that a lot of people have a hard time accessing self-compassion right off the bat like that takes cultivating and is hard so it's easier for them to imagine something outside of them loving them and that's it but it's opening the same by the way door. Yes. these days i feel like people would be very comforting or very comfortable with a visual uh, i'm uncomfortable steve martin has a bit where he does that where he goes 
I don't believe in God. And if there is a God, give me some sort of... <laughs> it's really funny. Um, people would be more comfortable perhaps with a visualization exercise, which is picture a divine being, imagine a divine being. Yeah. And there is a, uh, a, med- a visualization meditation that I've done where you picture a divine being sitting across from you. And it could be Jesus or it could be... Uh, any Muhammad, it could be whoever you choose, Buddha, and you slowly bring them closer and closer into you and then they turn around and they sit down into you. This is one of my favorite mantras that I I use is in me, through me, as me. Mm -hmm. God is experiencing the universe in me and through me, that's fine, but the real noodle scratcher, the real TNT is as me. That's right. That my suffering is the suffering of God, that God isn't over here observing and and ticking off a box at how much I'm suffering. I uh, he's suffering through me. Yes. And and uh, I mean well, there are plenty of poets that have made that point better than me. Well, that was another moment. So I'm I'm swimming in this. I'm think, I'm so basically what was happening was I was feeling this this like old school connection to Jesus like from the 90s. <laughs> 90s Jesus. So and he's on rollerblades. He's got a slap bracelet. <laughs> yes. He's he's also wearing a what would Jesus do bracelet? <laughs> but it says WWID. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that was funnier. It was yeah. really funny. I but just don't want to think. forget. I I don't go ahead. I'm going to get a drink. I've been trying to make this point for like well, I'm 20 for minutes. I'm leaving Great. Finally. Um, <laughs> so I so yeah 90s Jesus and basically what was happening was I was folding in all of these other, these connections that I had with Jesus then, and they just had like a slightly more informed or just different meaning to me now. So angels, angels all around to protect you is still so relevant, but now has a slightly different meaning. And the other one was I used to pray Dear Jesus, live through me. No way. Yes. I prayed live through me. And I was I said that out loud in my meditation today because what? I was realizing like then what I what I meant kind of was I'm not gonna do this well, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I'm gonna fail. So you go ahead and like Jesus take the wheel style, uh-huh. live through me. But now I I mean everything that you just said I mean like life is living through me I am a open vessel so like I'll open to you I'm yours I surrender mm. and like let allow life to live through me well that really goes to the reading for today everybody open your hymnals uh, <laughs> actually open the common book of prayer just kidding I mean, I do feel like I was the I was the part of us that was keeping this podcast from just straight up becoming a Christian podcast. And now, and now I'm back on the Jesus train, and so buckle up, Buttercups. Yeah, yeah, but, but also you don't. No, tomorrow I'll be all about Kuan Yin, the goddess of compassion. <laughs> that that'd be great. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't. I don't see that being a problem. Uh, we are saying Jesus a lot, and I actually, I really mean that. I do apologize to the people that that is like nails on a chalkboard, and I, I understand. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, not yeah. that, I not didn't that mean you like, need to feel bad. No, no, no. I didn't mean like, yeah, sure, like, oh, whatever. I just mean like, yeah, sure, yeah. I remember I had <laughs> coffee with Dave Bazan, and this was years ago when Rob Bell and I were on tour, and Dave came to see us. 
And he was like, he said that. He was like, just so you know, like a lot of the language you're using is nails on a chalkboard. Wow. And I was like, yikes. Yikes. Um, but it was good, good of him to say. It's like the friend that says you have bad breath and that's a true friend. Yeah. Um, this, I, I want to do sort of two, two, and maybe I've read these before, but they're very short. It's from uh, a book, as we talk about feeding ourselves, it's from just this which happens to be one of my favorite mantras. Mm-hmm. Here's another mantra that's really been melting my, my ding, my ding doodle <laughs> is I don't exist. I go, I don't exist. I don't exist. And I know that sounds, I, I think I don't want to flatter myself and say that's an advanced mantra. I don't recommend that for beginners. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but I'm at the point now where I don't exist is like the most comforting Well, I'll also argue it's not necessarily an advanced or not advanced, which is the point that you were, you already said that I would, I think that might be a really great mantra for an Enneagram three. Exactly. Somebody who's always bolstering up and defending and getting offended on behalf of their ego. And I just heard Alan Watts say like, your ego isn't you in the same way that the word water isn't that liquid running down a stream. Yes. It's just, it's a symbol and it's an association with. Yes. So when I say I don't exist, I can say that with confidence and comfort because I know that there is something that does exist yeah. that holds the peatness and, and the valeriness and all of that level of play. Yeah. But I am... So, like, when I tell the stories of getting stressed out because I get a a text from my parents, Mm -hmm. which happens every other episode of this podcast, um, that's really a threat to my belief that I'm a perfect son. Mm -hmm. And the voice of it is, I can't let my parents down. Mm -hmm. I can't disappoint my parents. So there's still this old record playing. And you helped me the most recent time going, like, uh, you can't. You can say, like, I'm going home for my mom's birthday and such a cliche. She was like, can't you come on Thursday? Which, by the way, is our wedding anniversary, you you and me, not me and my mom. So the symbolism of that. Not that we care about anniversaries, but it's just kind of the symbolism of it. Yes, it is the New Yorker cartoon of the mom in between the, the married couple. Yeah. And... So I, I start going, it's not enough. It's never enough. It's never enough. So I, I go, I jump to what she must be thinking. She must be thinking it's not enough. Mm. But really what the core, the, the plutonium that runs this power plant is actually coming from me. Mm. It's the belief I can't not give what my mother would prefer. Mm. Would my mother prefer more time? Yeah. Uh, but really the suffering comes because of a fundamental belief that I can't let her down. Yeah. And then you go like, we had such a release. It, we were laughing, just going like, and I'm not going to go. <laughs> yeah. She can want that. Yeah. I, in fact, if I'm being really honest, I'm glad she wants that. Yeah. There's a part of me that goes, she wants more of me. Yeah. But isn't it a cliche? You're with your mom and she goes, you don't visit enough. And you go, I'm here now, mom. I'm here now, mom. Yes. Um, there's another way to look at that. Yeah. She just wants more of you. Yeah. And that and that's okay. Uh-huh. And you're not going to give it. Yes. That's okay. That's right. It's all okay. The, it's <laughs> such a... And this is... This is one of the things that I that I really appreciated about 
the work, Byron Katie's The Work. Loving What Is is the book. Um, is there was a situation almost exactly like this where she took some guy from the, uh, you know, through the four questions who said, like, I, my mom is, she, he had a phone call with his mom where he got really angry because he felt like it was never enough. Like he was yeah. visiting and it was never enough. I think it was this exact situation. And she basically, through the four questions, it kind of became apparent that it's like, you feel forced by her, you make these assumptions about her and how she feels about you, and then, so you give in to that, and you give her what she wants, but then you resent her and are angry with her because she's making you in air quotes, right. making you do something. Right. So it's actually very beneficial to the relationship that you don't do things that are going to make you resent her. That's right. That was the big thing was she said, would it be okay if we visited? Yeah. And he didn't, she said, did you consider saying no? Yes, that's right. And he, it's in print. It's not our audio recording, but it's like they have to use parentheticals like, Deep relief. <laughs> oh my God, I didn't consider saying no. <laughs> yeah. Because in this example, he's gay and she doesn't believe that gay is okay. And she's, she offers, like a good therapist, like, did you consider like, actually, mom, no, I, I don't think my lifestyle would make you comfortable and I don't want to subject either of us to that. Yes. It's just like when truth licks you from the bottom of your ass to the top of the crack <laughs> and you just get that thrill of like, you can just say the, the truth. Just say the thing. Yeah. I love it. But again, the ability to say the truth often comes through nurturing and feeding and helping yourself. So anyway, which meaning I just relate to the me that a week ago would have been like, that sounds nice if you can do it. Yeah. And then you, right. you, it takes work. It's like growing a garden and then eventually you grow the ability to say the truth. But also it takes work and sometimes you'll be able to do it and sometimes you won't. That's and right. It doesn't mean that you haven't done the work. And sometimes you need a Val to be, to laugh with me and go like, she, not only she, can she ask for more, it's nice that she asks for more yeah. and you can say, I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. It's like you, you have this insane image of what's going on. Yeah. And then there's also the existential kink of it all where, and this is making assumptions about your mom, but potentially she, there's a part of her that wants you to say no. Otherwise she wouldn't keep asking things. Well, that goes back to my mom going with my dad to the car show in Carlisle. And I go, they used to make me sick uh, because I know my mom doesn't like it. And then I was like, and no offense to my mom, but it's like, it's hard to think of a trip that she would be like, yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know if there is one. Yeah. Like I've been miserable with my family in Rome. I've been yeah. miserable with my family. We didn't go on a lot of trips, but Rome and Montreal come to mind. Mm -hmm. We're not, we're not a trip family. No. Um, we're not a family. hundred <laughs> percent JK. Uh, but also, yeah, that this, can be that true. can be true. This is um, this reading doesn't have anything to do with necessarily what we're talking about, but of mm -hmm. course, it also will. Yeah, and it's in just this. That's how we got sidetracked. Just this is a great mantra, um, and it's on page twenty-eight, and it's called the Divine Ambush. 
I wonder if the only way that conversion, enlightenment, and transformation can happen is by, is by a kind of divine ambush. It seems the ego has to be caught off guard to give up its constant surveillance. As long as you are fully in control, you are going to keep trying to steer the ship using your practiced responses, so you, do, so you need to do some new practices to rewire the old system. The only way you will let yourself be ambushed is by trusting the ambusher and learning to trust that the darkness of such, such trustful intimacy will lead to depth, safety, freedom, and even love. I, I, sorry, I, this is me speaking now. I just love the darkness of such trustful in, intimacy. So you're trusting something that's going to ambush you mm. and make you smaller, mm-hmm. but also fill you with something else. And, and he was saying, this is why so many people are reluctant to meditate mm. is because the first stuff that comes up is the garbage. Yeah. You sit down and you listen to your own brain and it's all the shit. Yeah. And he, and he likens that to Jesus going into the desert. And the first thing that happens is the wild beasts. Mm. And then later the angels, he's like, it's very similar to that model. I have so much to say about that in a second. Well, but, go ahead. Um, go now. Well, yes. So I think that's, so true and beautiful and that's represented in like the hero's journey and in in just everything in life that you're kind of going through these caves to get to the treasure yeah nasty um, business and also i i wanted to share this part of my jesus meditation that the end of it it has nothing to do with jesus at the end of it i was sitting in this beautiful loving place and then I started, and this ha- this happens to me sometimes. Like I'm I'm following my breath. I'm in like a good space, and then like I start to feel almost like am I levitating? Mm. Like my like my body starts to feel like light, but kind of in a way that it's like I'm gonna pass out, and then my heart starts racing, and then it gets it's like oh no I, I'm like kind of panicking, and I have experienced this before and had all of the same thoughts where I was like, okay, this is significant. I need to, this is, this is the darkness. I just, am going to go into the darkness. And like, I'm thinking of Eckhart Tolle's story of like, he starts to feel that void and he hears resist nothing. And so he just submits to it. And I'm like, is this it? Like, I'm like going through this portal and then I'm going to like be enlightened or something at the end of it, but it does not feel good. It feels very unaligned, unsupported, like really scary. And the last time I felt that way, I kind of did have this, like, I should push past this to get, I should go through the darkness and see what's on the other side. Mm. And I should like white knuckle and just get through it. And that led to months after of like kind of re- being that led to re-traumatization basically mm. of my of my bad mushroom experience and the subsequent panic attacks that happened after that so i've i now have a whole new understanding of that which is like trauma sensitive mindfulness um, and I'm sharing this because we do use this language and everything you just read is so true. And that like anything, that truth can be 
when applied to the wrong context can be way more damaging than good. Mm. So there is a time when you, you try and familiarize yourself with your edge like, can I, can I allow this fear to expand as big as it is? Can I allow this pain to expand as big as it is? And but, then at a certain point you say no. Yeah. But you do those things in the first place after you've been, you know, a lot about resourcing. So this time, for example, I started to feel that way. I had all these same thoughts of like, I should just stay with this. I should stay with this. And it was feeling like, mm, and then I, and then I like kind of stopped and said, Valerie, <laughs> what feels correct? Does what do you, what is your body? What is your body telling you feels correct? Do you want to stay with this or do you want to ground? And I like opened my eyes and put my hands down on the ground and like, breathed and touched the ground. I almost kissed the ground. <laughs> mm. And I was just like, I can't, I don't believe that it, at least that way in that moment was how I was supposed to get there. Mm. And there might be like, I'm, I, I'm sorry to put it this way, but this is what came up to me. Like white men who haven't had to deal with a lot of fear in their lives who can be like psychonaut adventurers who can, who can like push past their fear, but it's kind of like the fear you have when you're about to jump out of a airplane and you're like, yeah, sick. Like like that might be for you and that's awesome. But the method for, for me who, who's, whose core beliefs are still like, I'm too small I'm too fragile. I'm scared of everything. It just needs a gentler approach. It just needs to be like to go at least have more experiences of like I am being so fully held in love right now. So then if there's a a moment where that fear threshold comes, I feel so held to walk through it. I don't feel like I'm entering into it alone, mm. which is how I felt in that moment. So I'm sorry that that's kind of like taking your beautiful reading to another place, but I do feel like it's important to mention because... I do too. That was great. There's a lot of people who are dealing with trauma and trying to meditate, and I just want to say there is an uh, there is a difference there is the mindfulness that comes where you are slowly at your own pace with your own resources allowing more and more of your, of your pain to come and expand uh that is beautiful and that is how you heal um but if you don't have the resources if it's feeling overwhelming like just ground yeah, there's, it's funny though, but I totally hear you. You just what? I was just going to say no good, especially when it comes from with trauma, no good can come from white knuckling. And I hear that. Obviously, I do read psych- psychedelical implications into this. Uh, I do not think that is what Richard means. And that is what I was going to say back to you. First of all, thank you for everything you said. It resonated with me, and you're right. I am. I'm not. I was. I am more of the guy. I wasn't. I really wasn't like passive aggressively talking in the, in about the you. Play. No. And what if you were? It's okay. I know. I. I don't have my fear. Is more of a like. 
I don't want to land this plane and tell everybody back home I didn't do it. Like <laughs> yeah. that's that's that is a privileged low level fear. But I actually wanted to swing it back to you and compliment your bravery hmm. because just because it's gentle doesn't mean it's not incredibly savage and fierce. Hmm. You're still sitting and dissociating or or extricating yourself from a false identity. And it doesn't matter if your like method is kicking in the door and you know doing a beer bong and then shooting a flamethrower at the cornfield of your of your false self. Mm. You're still daily doing it. Like yeah. you're talking about your puja table and the things you're trying to integrate and recover from is all still in the interest of true freedom. Mm, so this thank is you for saying that. this is sort of a more badass thing, but as your boy, you know, enjoys uh, that approach, that maybe that is why this one. And this, I like. I feel like this should be the overarching truth of this entire podcast, especially since I talk so much about Jesus. <laughs> um, it's a real whatever gets you there. Yeah. Like I think that that there are no methods that are more valuable than any others. I, I want to finish it because I don't think he means that this isn't in defense of Richard, but if you listen to the last two paragraphs here, I think you'll see that he's talking about getting your ego out of the driver's seat. Yeah. Um, so that something else can take over. Yeah. And that does sound like jumping out of a plane or doing DMT or something like that. Mm. But if you listen, it gets gentle here. Mm. Um, and I also meant the darkness of such trustful intimacy, just sitting and closing your eyes like, yeah. and trying to trust that you're being held, yeah. that you're already in the river, as he would say. Yeah. I find that people are most likely to change when they're held inside of both safety and I look at you mm-hmm. and some necessary conflict, yeah. some tradition and some newness at the exact same time. Amazing. God can then come to you indirectly, catching you off guard and free from your illusions of control when you are at least when you are at least somewhat empty instead of full of yourself. Yeah. Then the ambush can happen. Mm-hmm. You know, you only know it has happened after the fact, perhaps days or weeks or even years later. One day you will realize God is so real to me now. How did I get here? All you know is that you did not engineer or even imagine this for yourself or by yourself. It is always done to done unto you. Mm. And you and you realize quite gratefully that you were ambushed by a big love. Mm, beautiful. So that's just like very hound of heaveny. Like when when we desire the mystery. We're actually reciprocating the, the mystery or God wanting us first. Yeah. We're just, we're yes anding. It's always, it always came from, for, you're just closing the circuit. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things. Uh, that's the whole reading, by the way. That's so is beautiful. That when you meditate, you're returning the loving, impartial gaze. Mm. God was, or, or it was, consciousness was, being was already this wide, loving yes look 
And when we meditate, we're just closing the circuit. That's mm-hmm. where the juice comes from, is you're allowing that gaze to be returned mm-hmm. and then come back to you and return and come back to you and return. But it's all it's never ending. In fact, sorry, I will read the next page, and then we can wrap up if, if you feel good. Yeah, I love this. This is the, literally the next one, and it's much gentler. You'll, you'll like it. Of course, I just want to say I love Richard Rohr, and everything he says is so beautiful, no, and I, I had no doubt that he would... Land the plane. (laughs) Of course. He's my dad. (laughs) A long, loving look. Non-dual consciousness is about receiving and being present to the moment and to the now, exactly as it is, without splitting or dividing it, without judgment, analysis, negative critique, mental commentary, liking or disliking, without resistance, and even without registering your preferences. In other words, Your mind, heart, soul, and senses are open and receptive to the moment, just as it is. That allows you to say, just this, and love things in themselves, as themselves, and by themselves, regardless of how they benefit or make demands on you. Is there any other way to love anything? Mm. You gradually learn to hold everything, attractive and non-attractive alike, together in one accepting gaze. This is divine seeing. Contemplation has been well described as a long, loving look at the real. Note that it is a deep looking more than a knee, more than a knee-jerk thinking, which is not really thinking at all, but usually narcissistic reacting. Contemplata in Latin means to gaze at something eagerly or with intense interest. It does not mean to think about it. The non-dual contemplative mind is a whole new mind. It is truly a different, an entirely different software and processing, processing system. And at this point in history, it must be taught as our culture no longer practices it naturally. Mm, it's beautiful. Again, not super related to what we were saying, but like if, if there's any gift we could give or share, because it was a gift that was given to me, mm-hmm. is the ability to just ease up we were talking about how nirvana near is a negative means not and vana i believe is like breathing meaning it's like a sigh of relief it's like Mm. a i don't have to hold all this i don't have to hold all these labels all these preferences and all these interpretations Mm. and that's how you get the peat in the sauna that is touching the bench like it's like it's the only thing in the world. Mm. And that's a, that's, that's a TED Talk. That's an idea worth sharing, mm-hmm. which is the people listening and you and I talking to one another mm-hmm. can be reminded that we don't have to look at everything with such sharp, dualistic, hierarchical, competitive or comparative rationality. Yeah. You can soften mm-hmm. and sort of lower yourself below thinking mm-hmm. into that more spacious place Mm. and if you're listening into the car in the car right now you can feel the steering wheel Mm -hmm. if you're sitting in at your desk you can feel the weight of your body in the chair or the pencil in your hand or the keyboard and know that 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 crude practical matter is the whole picture yeah is is imbued with the same thing that erupted the big bang and that is that's we only get to that place when we stop thinking. Yeah. When we get when we honor and respect thinking for building bridges and making 
uh, medicine and all these things, but we can lower ourselves and have that nirvanic, oh God. Yeah. That's because right. I don't exist. It's <laughs> <laughs> beautiful, baby. Okay. All right. Do you have a poem? I do, but I feel like that was like a poem. That was a good reading. Oh. We'll let it count for this one. Count it. Count it. Well, this one was fun. We had lots of laughs. Yeah, to think it all started with Patricia and banana beans. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Mama. Yeah. Keep it crispy. Motherfuckers. Now, for a million dollars, what is the bro you smell oh like a God. dog song? Oh, my. For a million dollars. A million dollars? Brody, you smell like a dog. It was, oh, my God, Brody, you smell like a dog. Oh, my God, Brody. I can't do it. That's why we record them. Now we'll have them. And when we're old and all pruney, yep. we'll be able to hear, oh, my God, Brody, you smell like a dog. I challenge everyone listening who wants to. To try and sing it now? To try and remember it before you go back. Like, try and remember it back. now and then go back and see how close you were. When we'll do the same. Yeah. Oh my God, Brody, you smell like a dog. It's, <laughs> no, nope. no, totally wrong. <laughs> Keep it crispy. So 